Junora, come forward. Today, we welcome the first airbending master in a generation, and I couldn't be more proud of my daughter. When the existence of our people was threatened, when the Avatar's life hung in the balance, Jinora never gave up hope. Thanks to her leadership, I see a very bright future for the Air Nation. Of course, there would be no Air Nation without Avatar Korra. She opened the portals and somehow the world began anew for us. And she was even willing to lay down her own life in order to protect ours. There's no way we can ever repay her for all she's done. But we can follow her example of service and sacrifice. So while she recuperates, the Air Nation will reclaim its nomadic roots and roam the Earth. But unlike our ancestors, we will serve people of all nations, working wherever there is corruption and discord to restore balance and peace. Avatar Korra, I vow that we will do everything in our power to follow in your footsteps and bring harmony to the world. Now, let us anoint the master who will help lead us in our new path. Welcome back to the Vinegar's Podcast. We are a queer Legend of Korra superfan podcast. Uh, we are here for the final time of book three. Book three, chapter 13, Venom of the Red Lotus. Spoiler free, up to the episode we're covering. Um, my name is Sam Stanish. And with me, as always, is my master, Derek Reining. Ooh, wow. That's a very loaded term. Um, but I, and I don't take it lightly for that very reason. Um, get back to introducing people. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> um, we we also have two incredible guests on the pod, which is perfect because I definitely have two introductions prepared based on stuff that happened in the episode. I'm so ready for this, and I could have thought about it ahead of time, but I didn't. She is a poison queen. <laughs> She <laughs> knows exactly where to insert those little globules of mercury right on my limbs to make sure I am fucked up. Uh, <laughs> let's bring her in. Alex Conti, welcome back. Slurp, slurp. That's me putting the poison on your little limbs. Hey. <laughs> little? <laughs> they're pretty big. I've actually been lifting arm weights as well, not just running. So they're both pretty, both my big, my arms are and my legs are building in size. Okay, well, next time I see you, I will measure them and decide if I should call them big or little. I'm sorry. And, and before you apply the poison. Yeah. <laughs> right to... right before. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, these are looking bigger than last time. I'll be like, oh, I didn't bring enough I'm going to need more poison. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, we have 
an amazing, amazing second guest. Not second, first. Uh, we're all first among equals on this pod, but it's really an incredible get for this episode because he has only watched up to this episode of Legend of Korra. It is a pure recap experience from his end. We used to co-host a podcast together called Word on the Straits, as well as we used to co-host a podcast together called Let's Watch a Decom. Let's bring you in, Joe McMahon. Stan Janora, Stan Mingwa. Hello, everyone. <laughs> you those, We're in it. So excited to be here. You had those locked and loaded. I was thinking about it as I was being introduced because... Mm. Also, I mean, don't you stand Janora? I say it a couple times a day. Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, our little girly, she's tatted up, ready to do what masters do. Bald. 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 <laughs> I'm bald. Bald queen. <laughs> bald queen. Um, yes, I definitely do. And I, it's gotten easier and easier to be a Janora stand from... At like the second half of book two, they just keep building her up and making her even better. And this episode never fails to make me cry when she at the at the very end. Mm-hmm. Girl, I, I have so much to say. This is my first viewing of this season. I think I got halfway through season two and stopped last time, but mm-hmm. I've been rewatching the entire series. Miss Lady, <laughs> knowing that this appearance was coming up. <laughs> very that very that and i wanted to do my due diligence as yeah. it was and oh my god i have thoughts i love this season is really cool i do have thoughts about the arcs this season most of them are chickening which is what janora's is sickening I have umbrage with some of the villains, but I will get to that later. Um, well, before we go into deep on the episode specifically, I mean, as a first-time viewer of book three, and you've definitely heard me say for the past eight years, book three is really, really worth it. Like, book three is great. Like, did it live up to the hype? Did I overhype it? What are your thoughts? Did, was it like, are you like, it's as good as some of the Avatar seasons, etc.? No, I remember you saying it was good. I'm like... I, but I, it had been so long since I even watched it the first time. And I know you were talking about it recently, but like, I did not know what to expect. It was a huge switch up, a huge switch up, you know? And like going into it, I was like, wow, this is different. (laughs) Who hired a different writer? And I was like looking at the writing, like there's like two writing credits that come up right after the episode's over. And I was like, okay, so what happened? What changed? Mm-hmm. There's a ch- there's a changing day in their lives, just like Doctor Phil says, and they're here now. Not to be, so not to like, change. Yeah, mm. love that. Love they that it that goes. Air. What are the books? It's air, spirit, change. <laughs> air, water, air, spirit, earth, change, fire. and I don't air. know what book four is, but also we're Balance. not going to spoil it here. Oh, oh, not even the title. Not even the title. <laughs> not today, Mama. Oopsie daisy. Spoilers not allowed. Mm-hmm. Not Can't I have it for you? Yeah. Obviously, a longer term watcher of book three. How, what? How? How'd you feel about the finale? Um, book three, very dark. From what I remember, I did not. I did not rewatch since the whole season since the last time I watched it, which might have been like a year or two ago perhaps two 
Um, but the finale was very fighty. The whole th- it was just a big fight. That's very anime of them to do. And I have just recently watched Dragon Ball Z Broly, the one from 2018. And I was like, I get it. Like, I get it now. I get it. The fighting. I actually really, really agree with that. I, I'm because my direct comparison when it comes to Avatar finales, as we discussed last episode, is like the high watermark is the book two finale. And obviously, there's an iconic fight in that finale, but like comparing these two episodes to that, there's just so many more character moments and just drama and just scenes, just number number of scenes mm-hmm. in that finale compared to this, that it's just, there is just a lot of like bending, which is obviously what the show is in part about, but I concur. Which was the book two finale, girl? When they're underground in the Crystal Caverns while Aang is trying right, to, and Aang right, just like okay. tried to master the Avatar state with Guru Fatigue. Yeah, the whole, yeah, Crystal Cave. I hear you. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Transport. I'm not to be, not to quote JK, Rowling, that is, <laughs> but it gives me Go like on. the end of book seven of like just an intense, insane battle with, yeah, like all these vignettes of like your faves fighting the evil bitches and it was very drama. Like they were bringing narrative. They were bringing drama and they were trying to bring stakes like to everyone's emotions and all that. It was It's the payoff, you know? It's the payoff. There's always a big fight. They just decided to make it 20 minutes of the 20... Five minute finale, and it was good. Bolin it was great. And, Bolin and his brother. <laughs> they stuffed Ma- their pussies up, finally. Finally. His brother, Dust Mako. Wow. Why is there so I much mean, Mako hate? Like, because he's boring. He's, just, like, <laughs> he's, so, he's, he's terrible to women. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like a cop and he a sucks. Guy. But it's like a plot device, Mako. A lot of shit. A lot of shit wouldn't have happened without Marco. But of course, I get plot devices can goes. suck, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. like, I agree yeah. that it, they did. They chose all these things about him so that there was, like, character development, or, like, just, like, people think, just so that things would happen, but he still is a character who sucks. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, yeah. It can't be helped. He's just, like, been cooler. He could have been cooler. I mean, like, cool. hmm? They just tried to make him like aloof, and it's like he ended up having no personality. Exactly. I mean, like, look at Lynn. She's like a cop, but we love her. Like, she's fun and dynamic right. and has yeah. good moments. Although, yeah. I do have a complaint about that in this episode, too, where it really feels like they're like replacing her with Sue in, in things where you're just kind of like, why did Tom Rock say that to Sue over Lynn? But that's neither here nor there. I think because, you know, I feel like of the two, you're going to assume, okay, Sue's like the healer of the two of them. If anyone's going to like gently yank poison out of my daughter's body, it would probably be her, not yeah. the other one. Fair. You know? That could have together. To could have been a nice sisterly moment. Any, anyway, any other broad thoughts on the season before we launch right into this great episode? Stan? Nope. I'm ready to talk Very about good. these broads in the show, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Play. Well, then we come right in right at the end of 
at the end of the previous episode, we saw them start bringing the poison out, and right here Oof. we come back. Cora's hung up on between all, on all the chains. She's like, "If I, when I get out of here, I'm gonna kill all of you." She doesn't say that, but like she is. She yes, says she something does. that doesn't use the she doesn't use the word "kill" is what I mean. Like she just she's like, "You were you will all die," as, as opposed to kill. Or she said no one will survive. She said right. no one will survive. Right. If I get out of here, when did they start killing people in Avatar? And why was it literally the Earth Queen first? Like, am I am I wrong? Like, has anyone else ever died at the hand on screen on like Aang or Korra's season? Here is the list of things that come to mind instantly, and it's a very <laughs> it's a it's a very short list. It's a very, that's what I'm I'm not I just mean Jet is implied to die in book two of yes. Avatar. And then in the finale of book one of Korra, uh, one of the brothers who are evil explodes the ship that they're, the both of them are on and they are implied to have died. And mm-hmm. then the Earth Queen. Like, I think it's just, or, yeah, I think it's just those three. Yeah. God. And then, like, literally the entire nation of Air Nomads or whatever, but, like, that's all in the past. Right. Yeah. There was the genocide of the Air Nomads. Yeah. And well, now we're dealing with teenagers, right? And teenagers kill. If there's one thing they kill. want to do, it's kill. They suck the breath what? out of you. That's yeah. Zaheer's move now. Speaking of kill, I really think that one of the, like, the characters on the good side should have died. It. Uh, I think that that would have been oh, better no. for... Kill the Who? story like name names. Her, they they were joke they were like playing around with her dad dying in the last episode i don't think it would be a horrible idea for him to have died in this fight yeah but him dying i'm would telling be ton so rocky sometimes yeah, one of the kids yeah he's you want to lose the one eye of candy? kids i wouldn't want to see them go i'm just saying. oh I, oh my god i was thinking of tenzin's kids yes okay yeah like <laughs> boomy could have died sure boomy's no. my favorite uh yeah, no, Boomy's too cool. Tonrock is not that cool in terms of character, like whatever, sure. you know. Imagine if they killed Tonrock, Janora would be so much more powerful. You mean Tenzin? How so? Or what do you mean? Right. Who did I say? Like <laughs> and who is that? Cora's dad. Okay, is Cora's dad. That's what that's, no, that's another thing died, I was thinking I, of like. I was but, but it would be if the if they had reworked the timeline of the season so that like Jinora became a master somewhat earlier in the season and then Tenzin died and like Jinora has to be the one who leads like that would be I really really would good. Stop watching. If uh, Tenzin died, why? Yes, I love Tenzin. I, I love Tenzin too, but film. it did no, it just to me. I, I, I think agree. Someone else I agree. But like the men, no, but like the mentor always dies. Um, but I just feel like to me, it didn't need to be Tenzin specifically, but like, it just felt like with this fight, it felt like the villains were so strong and so powerful. Like they earned one of the good people dying. I, okay. T like the fact that everyone survives the wrath of Mingwa is remarkable. Very Twilight, very Twilight breaking down part two. Mm, True. Mm. They saw a vision of the fight. How so? No one died. Yeah, and, oh. and they have a big fight scene, well, but then it's revealed to be a like vision of the of a possible future. But two people did t- die for sure in this episode. Yeah, in this very episode. Right. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right. Yeah. My thing is, who who were the two characters in this set that of the good guys that were presumed dead for a second? Tonrock and Kai. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. Pre- prior to this episode. 
But we knew oh, before the that they were still alive. Okay, so we're not killing a kid. <laughs> no, no not Kai, but like Tonrock could have been a moment. I think, yeah, whatever. My thing is, well, like, if they had the decided. Absolutely. I just before you do, I just if they if they were to decide to kill Tonroth, obviously the character arcs and like the presence he would have had on this season would have been much magnified. Yeah. Like they wouldn't just like yeah. kill him off here, but it would be they would have yeah. to rework it. Anyway, what were you saying about the villains? Okay. I love this evil band of bitches, right? Like they're mm-hmm. cool. The powers, the the fighting, the super element of them. My thing is. I did not have emotional stakes with Zaheer. I did not know why he was doing what he was doing. And I didn't care that much about his relationship with Klee in the end. I was like, they didn't earn this and I like them. I was with Zaheer's political element, but I, I didn't find the through line of like, he loves like the Air Nation, like, um, culture, right? But then that equates to anarchist. I was like, this is... I'm not seeing it. Did I miss, like, a traumatic flashback with him or something? There's no flashback. He just has a conversation with Korra when they meet in the spirit world. But I think where it really comes from is that he really likes the philosophy of one specific air nomad who talks about sure. letting go of your earthly tethers and like not being restrained by anything. And so that is extrapolated out onto government shouldn't exist. I get it. He's just like chaos magicking about, but like, mm-hmm. but I agree okay. that like the emotional backing of him of himself is not yeah. really there, but I do. Th- I mean, I think that his relationship with plea works for me at least, but like the, we don't really always need some like traumatic backstory for a villain. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have that with Ozai at all. And it, he still really worked. And I, I, for me at least, I feel like the Red Lotus and uh, Zaheer specifically still really work. I agree. No, totally. Yeah, for me, it's what makes Zaheer, like, to me, the like best villain of either show is just the fact that he feels like a really fully formed, like, <clears throat> idea, I guess. Or, like, he's, like, a figure within the mythology of the show who's, like, the anti-Aang. And they go out of their way to, like, really establish that. Um, as this, like, potential, like, dark version of airbending, which you've only seen as, like, good, like, only good people airbend, um, and, like, the whole point of this season is, like, we're bringing the airbending back, but Zaheer sort of represents this, like, offshoot version of that, where it's, like, but what if airbenders could be bad? Um, and I also like that it's very specifically, like, but what if, like, there was literally a bad version of Aang, and we, like, really propped him up as this like evil messiah in a way that's way more interesting than fucking whatever his name was evil uncle from last season who shows up in some very cool uh hallucinogenic uh moments in this episode true Uh, but that's why i think zaheer works maybe if it's like maybe not emotionally uh like completely really cool framing yes cool as like a figure within the show and cool like as like things he has to say about how the world should work although i do have a note on um, how I do think Zaheer was mostly right, but I do have a little quibble with him that he uh, gives in this episode. Definitely. Um, I forget what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I, I also just say, I want to say, like, I think that, I mean, Zaheer's plan in this episode is 
or in this season is that he like he he and his friends tried to do something 15 years ago and they failed and now that he's trying he's trying to do it again like it's not like he's and he's just stronger now so it's not like he's like grappling with his decision he's made this active choice twice to do what he like wants to do and so i guess i just didn't necessarily need and i derek and i both really did not like the extended backstory flashbacks <laughs> of the villains of the previous two books so i was happy that they we got so limited information yeah. on his backstory yeah i i totally agree and like the framing of the anti-yang that makes so much sense as like he was like i don't want to hurt you i want to solve this political situation but my way which is very Aang, you know? And yes, dark and airbending. So, mm-hmm. so vibey. And it, then it, Sam, I agree. I liked that it was in media res with the villains, but just in terms of like literally the relationship with Plea sometimes, I'm just like, during the final fight when Plea was just up there shooting every, am I getting ahead of myself? Should I storm? Well, she's dead already in the episode that we're talking about. Oh, whatever. Well, in the last episode, <laughs> I watched the, like the last four episodes in a yeah. big run. Mm-hmm. And when she was up in that blimp, f- like firing at everyone, I was like, I hate Plea. This is boring. Oh. Someone take her out. Like, fuck her. She doesn't say anything. She looks great. She can make shit explode. But I was like, I don't care about Plea. I really disagree. I I mean, I agree that they should have done a better job of mm, the inter-villain dynamics, especially Plea and Zaheer's relationship, like a bigger part of the season. But the blimp thing specifically, I called out as... I felt like it was like a cool... Like, I just think it made logical sense as a strategic decision on their part to have her be doing that. It Like, obviously, it wasn't maybe the best, like, cinematic moment for her specifically as a character but if you have a no, guy sure, who can sure. throw torpedoes with her face like you want her above where she can do it to anybody i mean for the good guy like as a viewer i was bored because i was like yeah she's beating the shit out of them like yeah i want but someone to fly up so there and hit her there's like 12 there's like 12 airbenders down there no one's like i get it it's like we're all new and like because they're gonna get hit if they to fight try her. and go up there. Yeah, and Kai did. Yes, but Kai got defeated quick, and I was exactly. like, exactly. Right, Anyone no right. defeated quickly. It's like when you run up to a tank when you're playing like Halo. Yeah, the tank gets you. Girls, you know I don't understand that reference. <laughs> um, it's Listen. like I don't even. <laughs> What's something no, else? I get the, it. I was like the like, turrets in Portal. You know, the port the portal turrets will shoot you. It's like when you're fighting Idrassil the first time in Tales of Symphonia. Mm, exactly. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> my language. I gotcha. Um, okay. I'm just like no one could have metal bent this thing to the ground. I'm just like someone needs to be more creative down there. They're That's new. Let, I, and I think that they, you know, get their. Uh, flowers in this episode okay yes. let's we can press onward um so zaheer is like uh he tells her that the poison will like force her to enter her force her body to enter the avatar state but also it'll weaken her and like kill her while she's in the avatar state because they want the avatar cycle to end and this is how you do it great plan yes. um it was a threat that we found out about in book two of avatar that like and it could have happened and Azula obviously like shot him with lightning but she didn't know that that would end the avatar state it seemed but this mm-hmm. is like his actual plan like he wants the avatar gone yes honestly foolproof plan 
Yeah. It is. I mean, it honestly not to be like really Except- heterosexual, but it very much reads as like Batman, like taking down Superman, like uh, very mm-hmm. like kind of convoluted, but it all makes sense. Like, here's how we kill the unkillable person in our world, you know? Except for the fact where it was like, a girl, you're putting her in the Avatar state, which is her most powerful state. Yeah. And all you did was put some chains connected to some rocks, which, like, she can control rocks, girl. She's also a metal bender. Like, I know she's chained up. But I was like, y'all used four chains. That's not a I lot. Know. Yeah. The, I... the second that they had her in the Avatar state, they should have just fired lava through her skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, yeah. this is, this, if you're the here, this is what you're thinking. That's yeah. right. You just gotta remember no, that he was not a full budget. You know, it's about the glory with him too. You know, he has such an ego, even if he thinks he doesn't. That's, Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I know like, if he had a big ego like that, he wouldn't be using the poison. He like it would be doing something else. The poison is just too slow and like weird and not him directly. If he was like all about him, I He's, guess. He's promoting the anarchist. He is all about himself, though. That's something, that's the one thing with his ideology that I don't agree with. He goes on about, he throws in this line that's like, we're going to get rid of all the gods and kings. I'm like, yes, work, Diva. And then he's like, (laughs) because we need to live in a world where the only person you worry about is yourself and also people you like. I'm like, hold up. I did not know he was a libertarian. Like, this changes everything. (laughs) Like. I'm yeah. not. And he's a true anymore. anarchist. Yeah. But like a Republican one, you know? Like, <laughs> like I, so yeah. I was like, okay, which is why I really love that, like, the w- way that they defeat him is like all the airbenders, like, as a community come together. Yeah. To this is exactly him. what I wrote down in my notes. I was like, it because it makes it even better because these are a group of airbenders who have no connective tissue whatsoever. It's literally not about uh, like loving each other or having some like connecting relationship. It's that they have a common goal together that they use to defeat him. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Um, so I think yeah, as much as we always say Zahir was right, it's like but you know he kind of. We have quibbles with him. We'll get in Twitter fights with him over his, you know, our granular differences. You know he'd have millions of followers. Um, So we cut to Behind a Rock and Ginora's spiritual presence is there, listening to the whole thing. She's a sleigh. Like, she's been astral projecting for, like, a, a year now or whatever, and she's such a queen. I love this power. It's so unique. I'm so happy that Ginora exists. <laughs> yes. Unique. Unique. <laughs> <laughs> she's the uh, actual alien. <laughs> she's the actual alien superstar. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I was that. You know. Oh, you could be. No problem. Just be like, Jenora's that bitch, and she's like what thirteen. Yeah. You can do that, babe. The yeah. first female airbending master in like two hundred years. Well, I love is so well. well what? How long were they gone for? Are we counting that? Yeah, that's literally what I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Slay. Okay, Slay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I. Cor- yes, Cora doesn't count. She's not, she's not a master. Well, I don't think she's a master. She's not. A Does master. she have those tattoos on her head? But the avatars don't get the airbending tattoos. That's not true. Literally, Avatar has it. Avatar Aang. I think yeah, all but he's an airbending avatars have them. <laughs> 
I'm glad you called Aang Avatar. <laughs> That's really Avatar. funny. <laughs> like Khaleesi. <But>. Like <laughs> Avatar has them. But like, does Kyoshi? I don't think so. Yeah, it's like a cultural um, airbender thing. Yeah. But also, I do think like from like a skill standpoint, she also still has not mastered airbending. She's just still like punching. She's like not She and really... Tenzin haven't seen each other enough yeah. for me to believe that she's mastered airbending. Exactly. No, I don't think she's mastered, mm-hmm. but I think she's a little better than punching air anymore she yeah, was that doing was, yeah. that was rude i'm sorry very <laughs> okay. dismissive <laughs> a great section of her airbending though loved watching yes. Coral yeah anyway. she killed it okay so the the other people of the good side everyone else are riding towards cora on oogie and kai's little baby bison Lefty is its name, which is so cute. Lefty, that's adorable. So they cute. land. Tenzin is like fucked up. He has like his head is like destroyed. This mm. was my <laughs> issue. He asks Sue to go rescue his family. Oh, that is shady. It's like literally this is a Lynn moment, a Lynn Tenzin moment. So clearly to me. To be fair, let's recall the last time Lynn was tasked with saving the airbending <laughs> children. What happened? She lost her. That bending. makes the potential moment better that she but would finally prove herself. You have to understand why Tenzin would be like, um, let's try someone else, just based on track record. No offense, Lynn, but like maybe you sit this one out. It's kind of giving, am I allowed to spoil Spider-Man No Way Home? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's kind of giving like at the end when like Okay, so like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tom Holland Spider-Man are hanging out and then Tom Holland's MJ falls from the building and then um, Tom Holland tries to save her, Zendaya, and he can't, but then Andrew Garfield comes in and saves her, a la he let his own MJ in. Anyway, mm-hmm. sort of what I'm getting at is the other one has to do it sometimes, you know? Yeah. But that served Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's arc because he like redeemed himself in a way. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I I agree. It would have been like a cute little moment, but it's like I understand Tenzin's like we don't have time for Lynn's fuck ups anymore. I'm sorry. Well, I just don't understand why he had to specify Sue. It, it, just, <laughs> it like Lynn was really shoved to the side. Exes. Well, you know? that's what ex girlfriends get. Fair. Mm. Sure. Even um, though he cheated. <laughs> yeah, Norm, that's what ex-girlfriends get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you get. Pema, babe, you lose them how you get them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is also when Korra has the, like, she's, like, fading into the Avatar state, and she has the vision of Amon and Unalak on Zaheer's body. ming turns into Vatu. Um, what do we, how, what do we read into these visions? She's scared. I was here for it. She's got the trauma, you know? I feel like, I mean, that's, like, the thing is that she has, like, she goes through so much. So, 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 so much in, like, these, what, three seasons? That, like, she's not over it. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Plus, it's giving the first evil. Mm, It is very that. Yeah. That's from Buffy. Yeah. And, Mm, like, also just, like, it does a great job of like connecting those characters and like have this uh, like Cora like throughout her entire like I guess like career as an avatar is like everyone fucking wants her gone like literally and not just her like the entire avatar cycle she's probably like pissed that it's like why me there were so many avatars before me why are you all obsessed 
now yeah. suddenly with getting rid of the avatar it's like it's honestly creepy you guys especially <laughs> now like, that once that idea starts mm-hmm. now that she doesn't have the connection to the previous avatars anymore her like only past lives or past experiences are these previous villains and so now that she's like so afraid and feels so alone not just she doesn't have any of her friends there but also in a metaphysical sense maybe she that's all she could picture she's like the av- maybe the avatar state is trying to like fill in the gaps of the previous avatars mm-hmm. with these nasty little men and which like i know i know it's cool that she like can't talk to them so but cool like, it's, it's also <laughs> would be cool if she could like i agree you know, like, i want to see bearded ang more that was cool i believe what you're referencing is me saying that it like leads to interesting things with her character arc which i still think is good like i i do think it's a very fascinating thing to be able to, to communicate with your past lives and Book i of change. do think I think we could have gotten it for a longer period of time and maybe the cutting off of the previous avatar thing would have been an interesting thing for the third avatar main character for us to find out about or like to see happen because mm-hmm. I don't think that we like really got enough of it up to this point. And I don't literally think... none for Korra. Yeah, like we like only now... saw Aang appear once and so now it's just kind of like it wasn't even really that big of a part of her yet and so it's not really a loss in a way in like a palpable loss yet right mm-hmm. i feel like it's like yeah to rewrite book two for like the billionth time it's like imagine if like that whole book she had been like talking to the avatars they even were like bugging her like they developed a relationship and then it's like oh they're all gone but um oopsie they didn't do that <laughs> yeah yes but i do think that it it works in a different way now that she doesn't have the connection and she has to because Cora's whole thing in this season so far has been like making decisions as the avatar and coming to her into her own as an avatar and she has to do that because like in in a way that many avatars previous to her have not done where she does not have the guidance of the previous avatars which works for her character for me absolutely yeah it's it's great i love this little scene it's like kooky crazy also like the music in the scene where they're poisoning her is like really terrifying it's like these like vocal like these female vocals that just sound really scary it's very good the music in this episode is amazing i have said it before and i'll say it again but legend of korra the whole show is very scary like they really up Mm -hmm. the scariness of it by like upping the anime portion of it and like the animation is scary like when she's the fighting is like really intense the fight scenes in Korra are really cool especially the season they go f- for it and uh more kaya fighting please like watching that kaya mingwa fight is really sick and you're right mm-hmm. yeah it's a shame she's like unconscious the whole episode um they really reference i know more kids. kaya mm-hmm. maybe next season um yeah, I agree. This, um, yeah, the like shots of Korra like going like cuckoo, like the that yeah. sort of famous anime like big eye moment is very well done, very iconic. <laughs> um, yeah, um, good stuff. Just yeah, this whole episode is really beautifully animated, and the big fight also is just fucking incredible and a great parallel to the uh, like Ang versus Ozai fight. Yeah, they did this so much in this season to the point where I was so over it by the time that we got here. I was like, 
We know. We we remember the pillars. We get it. They did this like five times this season, and I said it every single time. In this episode, I was like, enough. Make your new visual language. Like, create a different battlefield. But I um, like it because it's. I didn't notice the pillars other than this episode, and I did think it was a direct reference, but. I am sure they were there, but I was living for the Misty Palm Oasis fights. Literally, that, yes. That was giving. I was like, this is so camp. Like, they were just like, desert. Desert Oasis. For no reason. And I was like, yes, yes. They needed more old people in, like, resort wear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At, like, a literal cantina, like, Star Wars. Yeah, like, are they, like, lounging in lounge chairs, like, next to the hotel pool while while there's, like, lava being flung at people? Yes. Good stuff. Um, um, but I think I think it really works here, the pillars for me, just because it really, once again, sort of sets up Zaheer as the Aang figure, and then Korra's the one, like, blasting around by her feet like Ozai was. Um, it makes her seem a lot scarier, that she's, like, framed as essentially what the, like, main villain of the last season was. Or last series, yeah, good stuff. That I, I guess then, twisting my critique, all the previous ones should not have happened. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this one felt they cool. I didn't even... Yeah, they should have saved their load for this. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. The load yeah. should have stayed in. Um, Dr. Becca. So after after Korra's <laughs> scary vision, uh, the air nomad people are ready to bust out. They distract the guard. <laughs> they get the keys. They start unlocking, and then Opal is like taking a really slow time to unlock her. <laughs> it's like why did why Opal give Junora the keys? Let Junora out. She's the master. Um, but it's Opal, and she's Milo. like, <laughs> or yeah, like literally any of the ones who have been doing this from birth. Um, <laughs> but it's Opal, and so like she almost gets killed, but then the forces of light bust through the walls uh, and get get the guards for them. Which I didn't love as a choice. Would have loved for the air nomads to be able to solve this issue themselves. Yeah, That's they were fine. really close too. Yeah. But then that that god machine came in and it was the Earthbenders just mm-hmm. ek machina. But there, but it's I, I. Sue was mothering when she did that, you know, literally because she's there to save Opal, and I love that little like hug they had, oh. and then Boleyn like shoving Sue out of the way to hug Opal is is a good little moment, I think. But think Not about great. if Sue had bust in, like ready to save her daughter, but she saw the end of Opal saving herself. Oh, Opal with like a severed head, like yeah. Hot take. I know I haven't seen season four. For anyone listening, I'm sorry for my ignorance. But if Opal and Bolin stay together, Mama, I might not be pleased. I know Joe hates Opal. Uh, no, oh. I do not hate Opal anymore. The first episode anymore. The first episode, Opal came in and was like, oh, Auntie Lynn, why are you mad at my mom? He, he, he. I was like, girl, read the fucking room. Like, uh, you did not need to, like, do this. And I know she's like, and I'm like, you're cute, girl. Like, sweetie, you, this is cute. But, like, mind your business. You're, like, 12. That was my reaction to her. Now that she's like, she's giving Airbender, like, I know she's going to find herself. And she's like, by this 
time in the season, I was standing Sue and Opal, but like good independent if, of their yeah. actions earlier. If we knew Opal in real life, I think we would find her annoying. Uh, why? That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> she seems like very like goody goody. <laughs> Girl, she hasn't let that metal bubble her entire life. You hate refuses to gossip. Like when you're like, when you're like, if I'm like, oh my god, like Joe did like the shittiest thing the other day. Opal would be like, well, Joe's like really busy. Like I'm going through a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I did a bad thing. Not what this is about. I just love that she's very emotionally intelligent and she has very beautiful eyes. Emotionally intelligent. She couldn't. Read she's hot. You're right. She's yeah. Hot. I actually agree with Joe on that. What? She's, she's not emotionally she's not intelligent. Emotional. She's Explain. Like Explain. She barred this at her, and she like yeah, the Lynn Sue stuff from the beginning of the season. And what way? And How is that? How is that not emotionally intelligent to be like? I literally only wanted to like get to know you. Like that's all the only issue she had was Lynn was like, hey, I just want to get to know you as an aunt, and then Lynn screamed at her and made her cry. It's not the time. Yeah, Lynn was right. But, like, <laughs> I don't understand where either of you are coming from. My goodness. Like, she was emotionally intelligent enough to be like, hey, Bolin, you're being a creep. Stop talking to me like that. She, like, had great She's literally only given good advice to people and been kind, which apparently is bad. But there's a time to center your own emotions and there's a time to understand when her yeah. aunt is, like, doesn't doesn't want to know you right now. I'm what like, did she do to... A year grudge that okay, but was after... not about Opal. Okay, but after and she inserted Opal herself gets, and she got burned. After Opal scree- gets screamed at, when does Opal insert herself again? Never, because she learned her lesson. She didn't know any of that yeah, before. No, no I know, but like clearly she knows something about. It's not like, it's like, not like she had no idea that her mom and her point. aunt didn't like each other. If you I, guys could just be friends, that would be cool. It's like, girl, let it breathe. Obviously, that is not the thing to do. Is to to go into Lynn and be like, could you guys just get over it? Of course, Lynn's going to be like, get out, hope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I I guess we'll just agree to disagree with what you guys are saying. Well, it's two on one. And agree. one of <laughs> No, apparently, Gahante is anti-kindness, so I think it's a three on one situation. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be more <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. I'm like hopeful. I do for like Opal. her, but and I will say that when Joe presented this point to me in the in the first time he, when he was watching that episode in the first place, I also disagreed. I was like, no, that's not really what happened. But in the the previous days, thinking it over, I'm like, Opal should have taken a step back. Then. You don't let this one corrupt your mind. <laughs> I am I literally a blank like slate without a backbone, and if anybody tells me any opinion, I ultimately come around on the. Opinion. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Well, I'll have to give it a couple of days. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so they rescue all of the good people. They're all together except for Korra. Junora knows where Korra is being held, and so she brings Tonrock and everybody with her there. Slay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Korra enters the Avatar state. And I didn't, I don't know if I've ever thought about this before, but this is literally the first time we've ever seen her in the this uncontrollable version of the Avatar state that we were so used yes. to seeing Aang in because she mastered it like the first time she ever did it. Slay of her. Uh, but like, so this is like a whole, mm-hmm. it, I, it's just like a really cool part of this episode for me. Absolutely. Which adds to her being like, it's terrifying. She's like a monster in this state I live. It's like, I feel like because is a water 
Bender when she gets into a flow of something and she knows she's doing and like the avatar state is, is exactly that it's like she yeah I like that she is good at spiritual shit once she like makes the switch she's like or fighting you no know, like comes really easily to her but yeah this was nuts it was sick it was chaotic it was giving <laughs> Like Joe said mm-hmm. earlier, though, like she instantly breaks out of the chains. Like it's so, she just like pulls the ceiling down, um, and gets out immediately. Which is fun, cause like it is fun. No, yeah, like, it was great. She's powerful, and they should. They, I like that they don't show shy away from showing her be powerful. Yeah, they're like, I just like it because it's like, yeah, they underestimated her. They thought it'd be easy peasy, but she's not going down without a fight, honey. <laughs> that should be her theme song. Right. Mm-hmm. Cora's a little monster, I think. She is. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cora would get in the nastiest Twitter beef over Stan <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, totally. And Asami's like, oh, uh, maybe you should log off. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, a, she's very much Grimes to Cora's Elon. Like, babe, yes. give me a call. I know this is in your heart. (laughs) (laughs) As Cora's like threatening to or telling someone to kill themselves over like not like Veronica or something. Yeah, she would. (laughs) The classic little monster move. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I support both of them. I support everybody, every stan in the world. I, you are doing no wrong. This is where I agree with Conte. This is where it gets very fighty for like an extended period of time which is like like i get it it is the finale um but i was you know desperate for those character moments that we ultimately didn't receive until later Um, yeah i feel like the last the fighting is the majority of the episode and then they really wrap it all up in the last three minutes but the fighting i did like i liked it i could only imagine i would like it a lot more if i had watched the rest of the season prior to this episode i'd be like this is well deserved um, but I did like, I like the rematch of the brothers fighting the lady with no arms and the guy with long hair in the cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, they... Mako just murdered a woman in like cold blood. When he got, okay, so he go, he goes into that little puddle and I was like, what a dumb move. Like she is made of water. Dingus. And then Dingus. he goes and electrocutes her and I was like, that was good. That was Exactly. Good so as that fight was happening, I was like, how is Mako going to earn this? Because he is not fighting big. He's not, like, the way that he was, it was small puffs of fire. He was, I was like, he's not a dragon, you know? How is he gonna? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, bitch, you better earn this, Mako. And I thought it was cute. I thought it was like, this is very him. You know, he needed a big moment. And I was like, oh yeah, he can do lightning, huh? It's like, yeah, pretty easy for him. But Ming, absolutely Stan, fuck, water spider. Am I allowed to swear on this side? Yes, <laughs> you've been on here so many times. I just <laughs> and it's like when when have you when has a podcast ever said no? Like, <laughs> I just want to. I say do. It. I do really yeah. like that they did not have either of the brothers like overpower the Red Lotus person, like. With Mingwa, he did something like clever and like yeah. shocked her because she was like overconfident. But really, he just did like one thing and 
got her. And then with Gazan, exactly. they had to team up to even like even though Bolin can now lava bend, they still had to work together to even come close to like starting to beat him. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he just like kills himself instead. Yeah. Like... Gazan like ruining everything with these goddamn lava. Like he's just like now this is a volcano. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> the northern water temple or the northern air temple was cute. It it's was. Kind of like, I love yeah. that they destroyed it. I'm glad that they like they didn't have any reverence for it. They're like, this is what has to happen, and I I loved it. Just a pile it's of. It's kind of like now. when you play Super Smash Brothers and you play as Kirby and you just keep dropping as a rock and kind of like ruining <laughs> everyone else's game. That's what Gazan is doing with the lava. It's like, yes. come on. Yeah, it's such right. a game. <laughs> en- it, it's a game ender. It's just like, yep, no more fun. I'm rolling out the lava, folks. Like. Lava, sorry. If it touches you a little, it's like going through your body. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's fucked up of him to do that. But I guess we don't have to worry about him anymore. No, because he's dead. Cora is chasing yeah. Zahir through the air. She's like, fi- she's like doing some air bending, like fire bending, earth bending combos to like keep up with him because he is capable of just flight on his own, as we've discussed. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I'm just getting, he, she's, she does the Iron Man thing, like the Ozai thing that he did in the book three finale. Uh, he knocks her out of the air and keeps her moving around. She flies off holding the biggest boulder earth bended so far in the show. I, like she Iconic. took off a mountaintop basically, uh, slammed it into him and she throws a bunch of water at him and he dodges them, but then one of them hits his toe a little bit and it freezes. And so he starts falling good. out of the I air. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. Like, yeah. She used ice to get his weight off Alan's. I was like, yes, like he did just gain this power and it is really cool. But is. She, she used the third rock term I've been using lately. She's Reagan. Like she <laughs> is a good day. <laughs> that is very funny. Um, really, really good 30 rock term. Um, so yeah, he's falling out of the air with ice all over his foot and like she's about to kill him and then the poison like stops her. She feels too weak and so she falls and he like breaks out of the ice and starts attacking her back. Oof. And Zaheer begins reckoning. Right. Here's the reckoning since he got out of prison. Although all his friends are now dead, for sure. So it's like... (laughs) But he doesn't care. That makes him stronger. Very (laughs) reckoning. Very, it's giving reckoning, for sure. Very wool. But, yeah, so, I mean, I love this scene. It's so dope. When she, like, slices, like, she does a little spinny maneuver and, like, slices off, like, a huge chunk of a pillar. It's, It's just everything. And the chain is a cool sort of, like, uh, ch- what do you call it? It's like a set piece or like a cool little like doodad <laughs> in the fight that is used very Absolutely. effectively. Yeah. And you knew it yes. was going to be real mm-hmm. from when like she ripped it off and it became that like armband. Mm-hmm. It's so like, chaotic. It. It's, yeah. It's everything. I live. It's kind of Chromatica. <laughs> she no, turned into it- the planet Chromatica. It does give Judas Priest leather cuff. It's queer. She's queer in the chain. Queer in the chain. chain. Um, <laughs> so this is when Kai and Junor are like, we have to do something. What are we going to do? Junor is like, there hasn't been this many airbenders all together in a long time. So we can work together. 
Uh, and while Zaheer is like finishing Korra off, he tries to start suffocating her like he did with the Earth Queen. Um, but scary. Yes. And I was like, oh no, Korra's literally going to die. I really believed it. Uh, and then <laughs> that's when the fantasy, the tornado of all of the airbenders working together for a common cause catches him and starts pulling him down and like stops him from killing Korra. It's me waterbending tears, waterbending tears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. And it's. Stan Janora. That was all I was going to say. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's like a cute, it's like, they're not even like throwing something like a big air ball at him. It's just like, we're just like making a tornado and we're just going to suck him off. Yeah. Cause like suck him off. The primary kinds of airbending we've been seeing in this season have been so violent because they're all coming from Zaheer. And so this maneuver is just like the passive, or not passive, um, pacifist kind of teachings that they've been learning about that Aang promoted that now Tenzin carries on. And now it seems the the community that is going to grow holds those uh, values as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. moment. I love the, the fact that they went for more elements to be bent, sort of like this season was lava bending was introduced. And like, I feel like the tornado is like a natural force, like a, uh, a volcano, you know, it's like a force of nature. And like, it took multiple airbenders to form one. And, you know, we saw Ang do shit like that, but like, this was huge and just like Cora, it was a smart way to bring a flying person down. Absolutely. And I think it was really, really earned over the course of the season. And I, it, it is like what Junior said, like we have never seen this many airbenders all together. And even in Aang's flashbacks, it's not like they were doing these defensive maneuvers or whatever, and like never fighting basically at all. Um, and so for this to be the first big event of airbending that wasn't like Aang in the Avatar state or Zaheer killing people. Uh, it was really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like the perfect way to bring it bring it all to a head. Um, but Zaheer yeah. almost escapes but... until Korra uses the chain that he used on her uh, to keep her restrained and she like whips his leg and throws him back down to the earth even though he's capable of flight, he's back on the ground. And like literally this, it was like a 10 second scene where every single piece of symbolism and like character building worked for it, the, the writers were reganning when they were reganning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, Move out of the so way. <laughs> um, and then Sue and Lynn together bind um, Zaheer sisters, yes. sisterhood. Yeah, this this <laughs> is the kind of writing we had grown so used to during Avatar that we complained about not having for two full seasons of the show. This season works, even though we talked for a totally. long time about stuff we could have changed or how they could have made it maybe a little bit more like this. Like this is what we've been waiting for. Totally, it was so much fun. Like uh, and having just like I watched those last four episodes in a row. Like what? wow it uh, felt yeah. like oof. it felt exactly like book two and yeah i yeah. see that running on all cylinders it's just so perfect um but then of course Cora's succumbing to the poison um 
and once again, uh, so they go to sue for for the metal bending, which again, ouch, poor Lynn. Um, that is tough, but but I, I also love that that like they wouldn't have even known that it was metal unless Genora had been astral projecting and like her overheard it. Yes, and they were fully him. like R.I.P. to Cora. We're gonna mess. Yeah. Up. Oh well, mm-hmm. like, this sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and not to bring up J.K. Rowling again, but it's like Genora is that smart girl. Like she is Hermione Aang. She's like <laughs> the no, only smart actually. Girl. That potion is metallic, so the only smart girl. I can't think of any other smart girls. I'm no smart girl. Actually, you're about to ingest Mercury, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's line. drug writing. <laughs> okay, but you know what? It's like kind of like the end of Mean Girls. You have to. There suck you go. You gotta yeah. suck. the The moral of this, the moral of this episode is that sucking is the way to win. You suck the ground sky. You suck the poison out of Cora. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting Everyone. out of it. Sucking solves everything, and spinning sucking too. is so important. Sucking yeah. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they they extract the poison. It's a lot of fucking poison. It's like it's a lot it was of poison. So much, but and I yeah. loved the way that they animated it, like flying to the ground. It was really well. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like skittering across mm-hmm. the ground, like those like magnets. Mercury. Yeah, it is like that. Yeah, <laughs> Which I I don't understand why they don't call it that. They just didn't want. They just keep calling it the poison. I don't know. Well, they don't know. I I actually like that they didn't know what it was. It like it's sort of like sure. just because this society has progressed maybe a little bit further than Avatar, it's not like they've got the whole periodic table of damn elements. That's yeah, they're it. more like is it only up. mercury in there? Mm-hmm. It in seems science. like those dudes were cooking up some stuff. You know, like, <laughs> what can you add to mercury to make it more awful? <laughs> I mean, it's the Avatar state. I'm sure. I felt like the, well, I think that it was because it was it was inducing the Avatar state because it was pushing her body to the brink of like existing. Sure. Yeah, I do think that the implication is that it is simply mercury because it's metallic. Yeah, it was looking Maybe very some... mercury. Some secret herbs. It was giving thrown in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they take it Not out of her, and <laughs> um, Cora lives. Yay. Yes, but she seems very emotionally affected. We cut a couple weeks later, and Asami is fixing Cora's hair for a formal Avatar appearance, and she's just sort of like reaffirming Cora to sort of like, we know you're not going to bounce back right away. You need time to heal. If you ever need anyone to talk to about anything, or if you need or anything, I'm here. Anything. Wink, wink. Wink. <laughs> damn wink. Um, mm. And then, but then she says, but like, and I know you're going through a lot, but we need to be here today for Junora. Like, it's important for us to be happy for her. Yeah. Come on, Avatar always doing some fun emo scenes. Like, we're growing, we're learning. This is hard, but we're all doing it. Yeah. And yeah. She, while she's with her glam, as the, the housewives call. Right. Mm-hmm. Getting glam. Yeah. It's like the lower third is like. Asami got credit on this episode for makeup. <laughs> yeah. Asami deserves the glam credit for sure. And, you know, it needs to say, like, in the lower, th- like Asami Sato chorus friend. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really uh, worried about Cora today. <laughs> <laughs> she has like a lot of poison in her body, but I'm here for anything she needs. Last night was crazy. 
It's literally like the end of the girls' trip for for the core crew, and it's like, ooh, we had a big blowout at the dinner table last night, and now we got to do the detox. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> um, but this is this next scene is like literally, I was like tearing up as I always do during the scene. It's like it's just so beautiful that sort of reveal of Janora looking like the yeah. spitting image of Aang. And just like the music swelling, which I didn't even mention when the um, when the Airbenders were doing the tornado, it was the Avatar theme playing. It wasn't even like a Korra specific song. It was like the da 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 da. Like I feel like they don't really do that as much in Korra. It was like a very Avatar thing, and I just love all these little connections to Aang, um, without even having to see yeah. his horrible tent strap. Mm-hmm. I was also going to bring up more anger. Like, it's been it, this whole season, they've been par- this whole show, they paralleled Junora and Aang a lot, and Tenzin and Aang. But it felt like in this season, it was very like Junora's kind of like Aang, and Zaheer is like the new evil Aang. And they've been like ideologically opposed. And so to have the season end on her becoming an, like a recognized airmaster, like it, the themes are popping off the shelf. Everything. And you know what else? I, I feel like Kai, that's his name, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was like another like twist on Aang. Yes. He looked exactly like Aang and he was just like mischievous. Like, I'm an airbender, but I'm a little, yeah, he's a little creeper, a little he's stinker, a little trickster. So, yeah, which is so not Aang's personality at all. And, and I, I feel like his voice girl. was like intentionally very similar to Zach. I can't remember his Aang's voice actor's name, but I felt like they were intentionally making them sound similar. Yeah. I, think I so. just have a question. Is Ming Hua's mm-hmm. voice Azula? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great Delisle. Slay Delisle. Such a punch <laughs> voice. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Like, so then... you know, fans of the show would recognize that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, she's, she's all over the place. Uh, she's like a very, very, very successful voice actress. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Um, but the like the last shot isn't Jinora getting her tattoos or like we see her tattoos. It is like, well, first of all, th- this is very interesting to me. Tenzin announces that the Air Nation is going to like travel the world and root out corruption across the earth, uh, which was very cool. <laughs> like, it's a cool idea it was yeah, on the nomadic right. people. I'm like excited, mm-hmm. excited to see that pan out. Um, but then, like, the Slay. final shot we really get is Cora starting to cry. Like, a single tear falls down her face. And it's, like, mm-hmm. a completely devastating moment. Uh, and it's so cool that they ended it like this. Yeah, there's one thing Cora okay. can't catch. It's a break. Her <laughs> poor girl. She's always going through it. I know. She can't get break, but Sam, you're so right. What an artful shot to end on. This like, not giving you like run of the mill cartoon that is like emotionally complex. It so easily could have ended on Junora's hood being lifted yeah. with the tattoos being revealed and they pan and up the wind in the sky. Chimes. Yeah, yeah. This is the legend of Janora. Okay, was Nakora. Girl would watch. Would, would watch. watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, camera back to Janora. Come on. Pan, right. pan back to Janora. We don't need to focus on mopey, mopey lady here. <laughs> no, I Women should be happy. Them. Women should be sad. Yeah. No, I love this. I agree, Sam. This is a really beautiful shot. And just seeing this, like, devastation on her face. Like, even, like, this huge moment that's, like, so celebratory. And they, like, directly are like, Cora, we literally could not do, be doing this without you. She, like, 
still can't help but feel awful, which is very understandable. As someone who sometimes loves and sometimes hates attention, you know, when you don't want attention and you get it, like how birthdays can be kind of like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, you know, she did do all of that, but she is obviously still so hurt and like everyone being like, thank you so much. She's like, oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> Why did I do anything? Not to parallel myself to Cora, but this is kind of like how for a while I kept getting broken up with before every family party that I had and like I just uh, had to go. Zoom in on Kantai with the single tear. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I hope you break the streak. See, Maybe. <laughs> I guess my question is. What are all of the feelings Cora is having about, like, what is leading her to be so devastated? Like, I know she's, like, beat up from the fight. I guess I'm just wondering what we all think are, like, their thoughts running through her head. I feel like she is sad that she ultimately lost again. Like, she would have died on her own. Mm -hmm. This girl can't stop almost getting murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. You're the guest. I really thought, like, sure, part of it was the devastation. Mm. But to me, like, when I saw Tira, I was like, this is her witnessing this beauty of this Mm -hmm. moment. It was about Janora. Like, not only devastation. Sure, there was sadness there. I think it was both. It was giving... Pixar reference girl. It's inside out. It's it's happy and sad at the same time. Casey Musgraves. Casey you know, Musgraves. this is mm-hmm. complex feeling. Cause like sure. she did help and they did win in the end. And Janora is a fucking master and she is here witnessing it. And she had so much to do with it. And they are it's I'm sure it's overwhelming. Like she's feeling every emotion in the book, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think I guess too. Uh, add to all that, which I agree with both of you that it's a, a, probably a lot of just a cocktail of emotions going on in there. But I do think something that's like interesting to note, like you said, uh, Sam, it's like the airbenders are about to go off and save the world. Apparently, that's mm. going to be their thing. Um, and what is Cora always struggling with? What she is supposed to do with the Avatar, and she seemed to nail it down. She's like, yeah, my goal is the Avatar is to help people. Um, but it looks like she won't be needed anymore. It's like these people seem to be doing just fine without her, with her um, sort of uh, out of commission for a moment. Um, I think she's reckoning with that too, of like, I found my purpose. And now it's like, I mean, as much as much as she's happy, I'm sure for the airbenders, it's like also kind of being taken away from her. Like how needed is Cora really at this point is the question, I think. And I think it goes, it's paired with, what we've known about her from the like very first scene of the show is that she's always excelled at the physical side of being in the avatar, but she doesn't have the spiritual connection, but now she can't walk on her own. And so she like is probably going to be experienced. Like she doesn't have what she thinks of as her like main strength, her brute force, her combat ability. She doesn't know how to fight from a wheelchair, not being able to walk. Um, and so like to have this like big nation of people going out to do her supposed duty while she's literally not able to do it, it's probably another thing that she's reckoning with. Yeah. And also that proves to hear right. Cause his whole thing was the world doesn't need the avatar anymore. And True. Hey, 
looks like that man might have had a point. Wow. Okay. I was literally under the impression that this was her recovery wheelchair, kind of like when they wheel you around the hospital, girl. <laughs> I thought yeah. that she was going to like recover. I didn't know she was like. Well, I don't. I think that it's. I think that the implication is that she will recover, and Osami talks about it that way. But mm -hmm. it's it's an unknown amount of time that she will sure. be recovering. Yeah, and Cora's whole thing is that yeah, like Derek said, she wants to be strong, and strong people mm -hmm. don't want to be weak for any amount of time. So the fact sure. that it's been two weeks, like how long is that for her? Ow, in her head, like way longer. Mm -hmm. But IDK like. Minghua, I mean, you can make yeah. a lot happen with bending. It's sort of like an extension of yourself too. This is this is something that I was gonna bring up. The, like my for, like my last thought on this really really good episode. But it was like a very surprising line of dialogue. The after the president shows up and they talk for a little bit, right. and like Lynn leads her up the staircase using earth bending. After he she leaves, the president says, "Who will protect us while she's in a wheelchair?" Which felt so off base with what everything I've come to expect mm -hmm. from the show and the universe at all. <laughs> like it was so strange to me to even hear it that like I just I it was really really bizarre to me that they phrased it that way at all. It it just feels like there's there have been so many disabled characters and just literally uh, Teo like Teo as a character. yeah like there's we have an example of somebody who's done so many incredible heroic actions while having to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, that it just it was so it was so bizarre to me, especially Joe. Good point. Mingwa has been such a force the entire season, and she doesn't have arms. Oh like it, it could yeah. like it. There, you literally could have just said like while she recovers or like something else. It was just so strange to me that I wanted yeah. to bring it up. I don't know if it yeah, was totally. the intent to make him look bad, but it's like no one. Ref I feel like if that were the case, the other characters would have been like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like, Especially when the question is yeah, answered was, in the true. direct next scene where Tenzin's like, the Air Nation will protect us. Right. Yeah, I agree. That did also stand out to me. I was like, the, I feel like the phrasing, like you said, could have been different to not come as so harsh. And I'm sure that they, the writers would probably agree, hopefully. Um, there yeah. was like a full 13 years Cora was a child. Right. You know like, what I mean? You guys... Like, what yeah. are you even talking about, girl? You have like you're the president. You are you are <laughs> yeah. literally the president of a like city state. You have an yeah. army. That How sounds you do like very like true to life, though. The president being like, you guys have to go vote. <laughs> like, just, yeah. What? Oh, right. And it's like, what? Yeah. Literally, you. Yeah, I was like, girl, what are you talking about? Asami has massive amounts of military equipment. Like, yeah. You'll to go fine. in line with all yeah. of the Harry Potter references of this episode, I have an office quote that I think <laughs> lines up. There's a Please. part where Michael is like, who should be the judges and juries of this society? And Angela <laughs> goes, judges and juries. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad. Oh my God. But what a perfect note, I think, to end our book through discussion on, you know? Yes. If anything, um, we are millennials through and through, and that includes being really cringy or chuggy, I guess is the word. The Office, Harry Potter, 30 Rock, and Housewives. Yeah. Four nations live together <laughs> in harmony. My God. Yeah. We're so silly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, Any other final thoughts on the season or the episode? Our guests first. 
Oh. Season three. Stan, yeah, season three is good. They really got it on track. Season four is my favorite. No spoilers. Oh. So, Stan Mingma. Easily. Yeah, she is slay. Water spider legend. The characters took them to a film lab because they developed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alert. I agree. It's just it's, yeah. I need more Iki. I need more from Iki. But mm. I mean, I can't complain. This was so much fun. It was so much fun, and it was like, ooh, yes, done right, Mala. Yeah, that sums me up too. I think I've already said all the things that I fucking love about this book so much, and I'm just like you said, Sam. I love that they really did an amazing job of bringing like the evil angs here the good like angs like a siege and aura to a head in a perfect way that felt so right and so amazing in a way the show just has not been able to do in the past two seasons so yeah exactly like i in all like a lot of our coverage in book one and book two is how our ideas on how they could have made the episode or the season as a whole better and we talked about that a little bit in this episode specifically but i don't think we've really rewritten arcs of the show this no. season nearly <laughs> at all or like at all uh, until today and it was really just kind of like yeah it would be great if ton rock was in the show a little bit more <laughs> it's like that's so yeah, far away just like from little... like what matters Right. I think, yeah, we talked about that last episode about, like, yeah, we could have used, like, maybe two or three more episodes a season. That would have been cool. Yeah, we wanted but... more. We weren't, like, desperate to finish. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm so, I'm glad we got to finally talk about the season. Um, But like Conte said, book four, also incredible. Even though I love book three more, I like, the two of them, to me, are very married in my brain. So I'm excited to keep going. Me too. I'm excited. We're but we are gonna take a break. We won't be getting to book four until after Survivor forty three starts. Or after it finishes, Woo! I mean. Um and if you're listening to this and you're also interested in Survivor, or if you're not, uh our cast assessment for Survivor forty three is already out. Uh it it was really, really fun. And Survivor forty three is an all new cast member cast whatever season so all new people nobody knows anything there's no plot lines that you need to know about going in so it's a good time to jump on slay survivor <laughs> starting up yes uh, joe yeah. where can people locate you on the internet usually in the great dismal internet swamp known as twitter you can follow me at Queerville Queen or on Instagram at the same. Thank you so much, y'all. This was so much fun. Oh, curious. Conti, how about you? Could be on Instagram or Twitter at Kante Conti. Um, I think my letterbox is Conti Farts, if I'm correct please follow so. my letterbox <laughs> i need more <laughs> uh for me follow me at sam stanish everywhere even on letterboxd damn well he got a username mm. um i'm rain derrick's on twitter i think i'm just rain derrick singular on letterboxd or maybe it was an s2 just to like maintain the brand i don't know but follow me there too i guess especially i'm gonna go see pearl Tomorrow, the, the prequel Ooh. to X. I'm I didn't know sure. that was out. It's uh, what's coming out on Friday, but they're doing like a seven o'clock showing. Yeah. Um, it's for like the midnight premiere in quotes um, tomorrow. So I'll be going to do that. And I'm sure you'll get a big old update from me about how much I love that movie. Um, 
But um, otherwise, follow us at Bridgers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, listen to all our amazing coverage we've done this summer. We did Survivor Outer Creek. Christine, our good friend, did San Watu. Listen to that. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for Survivor 43. Slay. Love you all. If you're not <laughs> carrying on with us to Survivor, even if you're waiting for our Legend of Korra Book 4 stuff and don't care about Survivor at all, love you guys too. Bye. I guess. Bye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>